Welcome to Trollodren Behind the Scenes. Episode 8 The Trollodron Overplot. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Scenes. I'm Chad Corey, and we're going to talk a little bit today about the Trollodrone overplot. I thought it'd be kind of fun to get into it because I have kind of mentioned it in episodes past, and I wanted to take a little bit of uh, some time and explain more about what's going on, the development of it, and kind of where we are with it, and share a little bit of insight where I can in making some more uh, information available, I guess, for people who might be interested in that. But first, I want to take a little uh, detour here and thank everyone who came out and uh, made possible the previous book tour that just wrapped up here for Trial of the Wizard King. I really do appreciate that. I think it was a fairly successful uh, venture overall, and we did really well as far as getting the book out there and making it available to people. And thanks to all the stores, again, who took the time and the effort and energy to help promote it, set things up, and make it available for so many people. I know it was kind of a challenge in some ways, given the climate and the uh, delays and things that we had initially for it getting out there from the previous release date, so I do appreciate that, and I wanted to uh, thank all you guys, too, for uh, taking part in the online aspects of it and everything else, so really enjoyed that. And that being said, we're turning the page now into the final chapter in the Wizard King trilogy. Book 3 now is available for pre-order that is Triumph of the Wizard King, and it will be coming out in late August, early September, actually August 31st. I technically consider it September since the next day is basically September 1st. So, But either way, it is coming out in just a few months there. I wanted to make you aware of it, and uh, like you said, if you have previously purchased the first two books in the series, maybe you want to take advantage of doing some pre-orders and getting advantage of that with book three. And I will be doing a tour for that. We'll be talking about that more in the future. And hopefully, there'll be more of an element to it of a live aspect where I actually will be able to meet people more so than I did this time around. Uh, although I did meet, I, I did enjoy meeting people who I did have a contact with and get to kind of cross paths with as I did this uh, last tour. But we're looking at making it more of a traditional book tour finally for book three. I think most people are getting tired of the strictures and guidelines and things that people are putting in place or have been putting in place for uh, quite a while now and so I think people are wanting to do some more back to normal things in a lot of ways and so looking to do that for some events and uh, conventions and trade shows tied into that as well which I'll be talking about in the uh, probably not too near future here as we get closer to the event. Well that being said let's get into today's topic which is the Trilodrone overplot. Now some of you might be wondering what is that exactly? In general, it's just my fancy term of saying there's a massive overarching plot that ties everything together in the world of Trilodron. Now, when I say the world of Trilodron, I'm actually talking about the entirety of the world setting, which would include the cosmic elements, the different planets, different planes, all the related history, and, and, and so on and so forth. I think you get the general idea now. But the idea in, in question with this overplot is to have a unifying storyline or unifying narrative that ties the entire concept of the setting together from beginning to end. So literally, I know what has happened in the past, and I know how everything's going to end in the future. 
Now, I don't have all the specific details of that in and of itself yet. That's kind of what we put the books together for and the stories and things to kind of flesh out more of the details as we move along. But I thought it'd be kind of fun to share a little bit of information and where, where that is kind of the overall concept of where that came from and share a little bit of some insight information that is kind of part and parcel with what we do with this episode and with this podcast in general about sharing tidbits you're not necessarily going to find anywhere else. And again, I will be probably sharing some things that might be considered spoiler or spoiler-like. So be aware of that if you'd rather not have that information in your head or in the background of the stories that you read, then you might want to kind of wait and, I don't know, come back a few years later after more books have been produced and things and come back and read it then or whatever your preference might be. But just want to let you know I will be probably talking a little bit about some things that I'm not going to get into super specific details necessarily, but I might share some things that have happened in previous books or might be coming up in future books. And I don't want, you know, want to spoil things for you if that's something you want to have uh, more of a mystery. Okay. So the idea basically from the beginning was to have an overview of where the story is going to go. Obviously, if you're not familiar with the concept, Trollodon was meant to be a transmedia property. That means it was developed from the beginning to have as many outlets and vehicles as possible that could tie into it and tell stories, interact with it, develop the story in, in various ways and various manners. And because of that, we needed to have a pretty expansive and a pretty comprehensive, I guess you could say, concept of the setting, the history, the story, the function of what what is this world, what's it about, and kind of where is it going and where has it been kind of thing. So in general, having an idea of what happened in the very beginnings, how everything got started, and going all the way to the very end, how everything's going to wrap up. Now, that being the case, when I say how everything wrapped up, that's as far as I know it. I actually built into it, and I'm, I'm kind of pleased to say just recently, was finally able to... Uh, put some things together with the last pieces of the storyline just a few days ago, actually, of this recording. And it all came together nicely. It was uh, <laughs> very blessed and grace to get that done. It was a very kind of a miraculous thing in of itself because I didn't necessarily know how everything was going to fit together until like the moment I sat down and started getting into it. And it all kind of kind of fell right into place, which was great. And if you've ever written things or done things of this scope or, or type before, trying to put everything together and wrap everything up, especially something so large and, and potentially nebulous as this world setting. That is a miracle in and of itself that could be done so easily and concisely and uh, smoothly without a lot of headache and hassles and such. But in any case, the official storyline is now wrapped up as far as I'm concerned. And what I mean by that is I've allowed basically... If you want to look at it as like my tenure on the project to run its course, and uh, I'm thinking more and more as I get into closer to middle aged here, that I see this thing as being so big and, and just gigantic as far as the story potential that can be in it, and all the things that need to be done still, and understanding that I'm probably not going to be living down on Earth forever. That's probably a good, safe assumption. So it has to become a time of prioritization now, what is important and what needs to be written, what needs to be established, and then leaving an opening an area for people who want to come after me to come in and flesh out and, and continue the story where uh, they, you know, work and go after that. Obviously, I'll have notes and things and stuff that can be guidelines and things for people that want to do that afterwards. But intentionally, it's it's made to kind of be a, a window or a, a big chunk or section of time that gives a satisfying yet complete wrap-up of where 
things are with the story and kind of gets everything done in, in the you know massive cosmic sense. But also, like I said, allowing the opportunity for, a, I don't want to say a reboot, but a continuation of what happens after the last you know great event that kind of technically kind of wraps everything up. So it ends in such a way, again, I'm not going to get too much specifics on this because it's, it's still kind of ways out there. I think it's kind of fun. I don't want to spoil too much of it, but it ends in such a way that we could literally just end it there and it wouldn't be a, a major issue where people are wondering what's going to happen next and that kind of thing. It pretty much could end in a very solid, strong foundation and satisfying foundation. People could be satisfied. So, okay, that's a good story. Everything wrapped up and it was very enjoyable and fulfilling as far as, you know, amount of time and emotions and everything invested into the, the storyline and characters and such. The option, of course, in there, there's some thread lines and some through lines that are, are still there. They kind of are left there on purpose and some hints that are left there on purpose that allow people the opportunity to take it and continue the story based on what we have for that as the, uh, the new foundation moving forward. So again, worked out really well. I was really happy with that. But finally, what that allows me to do is I have a complete storyline from beginning to end that spans, you know, thousands of years. And it allows me the opportunity to now peg out various elements in that timeline that need to be fleshed out with story and what type of story now, what type of story best tells those elements of those important things in the overall timeline. Because now you have to take it from a cosmic level and get it down into more of a personal level. You know, if you want to call it like, you know, planetary or realm specific or even deity specific or element specific as far as what part of the storyline needs to be established to get to the next part of the storyline that kind of stuff the bridging elements and stuff like that so then allows me to go in and kind of clean up where elements need to be cleaned up so that that needs to be done through uh, graphic novels if it needs to be done through comic series if it needs to be done through short stories novels video games role-playing games i mean (laughs) whatever Whatever vehicle works the best for that aspect of, of story, for that element of story that needs to be told, that's what I'm looking at. And I'm pleased to say I've been making some great headway on that as well and have been able to really break everything down clearly and concisely and have been able to really flesh out the various elements that needed to be contributed to those aspects of story. And believe it or not, I'm actually making really good progress being able to have gotten done probably about two segments of the, uh, the aspect of story, the, you know, the various ages, if you want to call them that. I'm talking about story ages that needed to be done, and that is great, too. I'm actually making great progress. Actually, maybe like three segments now, I think about it. And now I'm moving into the, the major one, which has a lot of the elements that need to be written. But we have some stuff written already on that. So I'm, I'm pleased to say it worked really well. And it allows me the opportunity now, like I said, to really really kind of sit down and, and put things to paper as far as getting more stories done, more things written and more completed. Previous to this, I know it seems weird since I know if some of you have been listening to this, I've realized that I've been working on this world setting basically since the, the mid to late 90s and so you say, well, it's been 30-something years. How, you know, how long does it take you to, to build a world setting? Well, remember too, if you want to go back to the listen to the first three episodes of the creation of the world of Trolodron, you'll see that there's a lot of revision a lot of updates and there's some time periods where I kind of set it aside and kind of let it grow and develop in its own way without having to continually go back and rehash everything. I wanted to kind of make sure I got it right. And even until recently, there were still minor revisions and tweaks and things that were done with the release of these new books that are coming out. So there are a lot of elements that needed to be kind of finalized and solidified. And thankfully, during the, the finishing up of the this current trilogy, 
I was able to do that. And now after having that as the, the foundation, because there's nothing better than having something basically established in stone now. When you got something published in book form, that's basically how it is, at least for me. So that is now a good kind of a, I want to say a lodestar, but it's kind of a good foundation or touchstone I can use to establish what is and isn't um, canon, if you will. And so that allowed me a lot of opportunity now to kind of go in and clean up and finish up and finalize all the stuff that I've been trying to do for all oh, the past several years. Actually helping a lot of this now was the the whole lockdown situation and the various things that have been changed around of late in the last year or so that allowed me more time and opportunity to focus on these than probably I would have had before. So there was some silver lining to that experience and I was able to use it more effectively in, in getting it all done. But there's still more work that needs to be done. And I'm pretty sure I'll be adding some things and tweaking some stuff for the rest of my life. And because obviously as you add more stories and you add more uh, elements and things that get fleshed out, you need to kind of come in and codify, solidify, add, you know, tone up things here, put in things there and kind of stuff and make it all, all work and fit and, and develop overall. And I still have to do the individual history still for the individual peoples and things. So that needs to be done too, but that'll, that'll be getting done. Most of that, if not all of it uh, this year as well. So hopefully having everything wrapped up by the end of the year and then ready to move on and do some more stories kind of unrestricted in my time use as far as having a balance between, you know, continuing to build and flesh out the world setting and just writing stories and developing stuff forth in general. One of the more, I guess, enjoyable aspects of having the entire storyline done is I was able to finally blend together and tie together the southern and northern hemispheres. Now, I don't really talk a whole lot about the southern hemisphere. That'll probably be changing in the, the years ahead because I haven't really had the chance to fully flesh it out and develop it as opposed to the northern hemisphere. The northern hemisphere is where most of the stories and tales thus far have been focused. Um, you know, Talithiel and those elements, the Midlands and, and stuff like that. That's primarily where most of the story and history was developed and where I spent most of my time initially developing the world in general. Now, when we get to the Southern Hemisphere, there there's a whole rich and diverse and, and awesome history there, but it was always kind of slightly divergent and kind of different and unique in, in a sense that it felt in some ways like almost like a different world in a way, which was kind of fun because it allowed me the opportunity to have multiple different takes on the same planet. And then, of course, if you add in the various elements of, of the differential time ages and things like that and different lands and stuff like that you could really make a very fun and varied uh world setting where you could have different uh flavors and feels and experiences and interactions and such with the various uh hemispheres and the various lands and even time periods within those lands one of the major things which i didn't uh really touch on and maybe i should do that now is for years and I, I do mean years, like decades, I was kind of working off of a very simple summary of what happened in the, the ancient ages before the modern day. And I guess it was a combination of being lazy, and not wanting to really get too specific on that, but also wanting to have some wiggle room created in there that allowed me the opportunity to just put in what I needed to put in, put in there whatever was needed by the story. And initially that worked and I got away with it, but the further I got along with it and the more I started trying to put together this overplot, the more I realized I really needed to go in and flesh out the entire history of that uh, of the world 
that wasn't really fleshed out yet. And that was, to my surprise, uh, while it was several thousands of years of, of history that needed to be fleshed out. Now, when I do history, at least for this world setting, again, because it's a transmedia property, I wanted to have everything established before I you know, got too far along with it. We are talking uh, king's lists, ruler's lists. We're talking all the different historical uh, elements and things that went into it, the development of different religions and philosophies and wars and counter wars and trade deals and all, all sorts of stuff that would be relevant and important to what, what went into that time period. And actually, surprisingly enough, I was able to do that and finish it up. I'm talking about doing the, the prehistory stuff up. Right around the time I was finishing up and getting the book, uh, books one, two, and three done for the Wizard King trilogy before they were getting ready to go to the press. And because I was able to do that, there were a lot of fun elements that got added into there that weren't necessarily in the original world setting before. And I was able to incorporate them into the books before they went to press. Uh, one of those things I'll share, which is kind of a, maybe a slight spoiler, is the portal network. Now, the portal network, which people might not be aware of, at least yet, it's, it makes its appearance, and I think a little bit is hinted at book three, I mean, uh, book two, and then definitely they, they share it in book three, but there is a system of magical portals that people used to use on the planet to travel around, uh, interact, and and do trade, travel, you know, a bunch of different things you can use with it, and obviously it was a very, very beneficial thing, because not everyone had the means and the ability to use magic, and this allowed people the ability to do something magical without having to cast it themselves. And also allowed a great opportunity for riches to be made because obviously if you have a portal, you can charge it to use it and you can get all sorts of deals and things for trade and merchants and stuff and just people traveling in general armies and things. I mean, it made a very, very lucrative type of venture and is very beneficial for a lot of people. So that was fun to see. And I I'd never really thought about that before. And that was just one example of elements and things that added together and that actually believe it or not became a very important corner cornerstone in some of the later stories that will be developed and how things will be coming back to that in the future because right now we don't have that portal network anymore it was kind of destroyed with with the draenors the last ones who used it but it will make its uh reappearance in the yeah i can't tell you exactly when but in the future it'll make its reappearance and be a a fixture again, and obviously having something like that will be a great boon in connecting the the northern and southern hemispheres again, which is what I was happy to see was a good uh, key in the use of, of of something from the past tying together things in the, in the future and in the present. So that was fun to see. But again, just just sharing that, I mean that that was something I learned needed to be done, and it actually was fun because then it gave a greater sense of depth and historical resonance with everything that went you know after it. And I wish I would have done that sooner. So I'm just a word of encouragement. If you're building a world setting or things and you just kind of have left the uh, history to the quote-unquote murkiness of the lost ages or the, the the hidden things of the past, whatever, basically giving you a, an easy out from not doing something, I would encourage you to go in there at least flesh it out a little bit more. You don't have to necessarily be as crazy as what I did, you know, doing, you know, scores and scores and scores of pages. I think we ended up doing like over 100 pages just of, of history just for that it was it was really crazy i mean we had that plus the uh the history of the gods leading up to the creation of trollodon that was done too it was, it was it was a lot it was a pretty big undertaking but i'm so glad it was done because that allowed people and myself to have a sense of greater connectivity to 
something that seems solid. So now when we have a reference to things in the books or in the future stories that come out, we can always turn back and look back to the history and actually just ties everything together and makes more sense. And it's already ready made. So I don't have to sit there and try and rethink the wheel here or redevelop things that are already done previously in the past. I have an easy access to it. I have easy reference to it. Makes it really super easy for me. And now I have a list of all the various rulers and things and stuff that needed to be done. So if I ever need to have maybe some ancient coins someone finds, I can instantly figure out, okay, this is, this is that person. This is what they look like. And it just, it just makes it a lot easier for me. And I, I'm that kind of a writer. I like sometimes putting in that kind of fun detail and putting in more Easter eggs and things like that. And that's what the overplot will also allow for future books and even current books. It allows for a lot of Easter eggs and things that can kind of tie stuff together. Ideally, uh, while the books that I'm writing, and the, well, whether they're comics or graphic novels or whatever, prose books or, like I said earlier, whatever these stories take the form of, they will not necessarily all be following the same narrative thread line in the sense that they're not all going to be the same characters, you know, like they're generations of all the people are related to each other. That's that's not the goal. There'll be different characters, different people, different things, cultures and things and stuff in there. It's just they're going to be following an overall master plot as far as the direction of where the story is going to go. Everything is going to be moving toward this end. And obviously that end will be tied in some ways to the end or great change or alteration of the planet, the cosmos, or a couple different things tied into that. Again, I'm not going to specify necessarily what that is all entailing, but there will be some drastic changes and developments as the storylines progress and change. And that's the course that will allow me now to inform my decisions in making stories and how things are progressed and, and uh, implemented in the future, basically telling me what stories are good at what time, and it will allow, allow me also a better sense of perhaps release schedules and uh, publication schedules of books and stories and such, and say, well, we should probably do this one first to build up the awareness of this, and then go into this aspect, and that ties in. You know, it basically kind of gives me a little little guideline or a, a blueprint on how to go forward with what the stories are and what they should entail, that kind of stuff. So for me, that's what I'm using this master overplot for. It also kind of says it keeps everything kind of consistent and keeps everything on the same track. I'm not having to kind of reinvent the wheel, like I said, every time I I tell a story. I have enough history and background and stuff now I can pull into that and make use of that. So that's kind of where we're going to end it today. I think I just wanted to kind of touch base and explain a little bit about that. Obviously, if you have questions about that, if you'd like to know some more about that, I can see about sharing some more if, that's, if there's some interest in that. Or if you have some other insider commentary things you wanted to share, please do so. All you got to do is send me an email at behind, that's B-E-H-I-N-D, at chadcorey, that's C-H-A-D-C-O-R-R-I-E dot com. And I'll be more than happy to see what comes in and see if I can address it in an upcoming episode or uh, better tailor upcoming uh, episodes in general toward what you might be interested in hearing. So thanks so much for your time and your uh, questions and stuff in the past. I do appreciate that. And thanks for your support. And always, you can follow me on social media at Creator Chad. That's Creator Chad. And then my website, chadcorey.com. I also have a newsletter, which you can take advantage of, and I'll keep you updated with things as they occur, including upcoming book signings and book releases and all that sort of fun stuff. Otherwise, have a great rest of your month, day, whatever, wherever you're listening to this, and we'll see you again next episode. This podcast is copyright Chad Corey. All rights reserved.